Good evening. Appreciate the invitation to be able to speak with you this evening concerning a very important topic, God's Word. Are you a person of the book? You know, there was a time when God's people were known for the book. During Old Testament times, in the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses was giving the law as part of his administration of justice, one of the things that God required of his people was a people who knew the book and a people who put in power someone who feared God's word and observed what was in the book. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 18 says, Now it shall come about, when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of this law on the scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests, and it shall be with him. And he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the, the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left, in order that he and his sons may continue long in his kingdom in the midst of Israel. Here we see that Moses lays out the duty of a would-be king of God's people. Now we cannot help the the uh, the religious uh, we cannot help the religious practices of a would-be king of, of any people. Certainly that is their uh, prerogative. But you know you think about it. If if a king of God's people uh, is to be a person of the book, to live the book, to know the book, to teach the book, what about the people that he is over? There was a time when the people of God used to know the book. Things happened through the various ages of history. There were uh, all kinds of, of uh, unfortunate events that have occurred uh, over the last uh, decades and centuries regarding all kinds of issues. And people, unfortunately, have fallen away and have stopped reading their Bibles. The only way to truly follow God in spirit and in truth is to follow His Word. That is to observe it, to read it, to know it, to live it. You see, these people, in Bible times, they knew it, lived it, and taught it to others. Do we still do that today? Do we still focus on what the Word teaches? Or are we shooting from the hip? And so, I want to look at three things that people of the book do. Three things that people of the book do. We'll look at them in order. That is, first of all, to know the book. Again, there was a time when people used to know the book. They used to know it from cover to cover. They used to know the various dispensations. They used to know the covenants. They used to know a, a, a crude history of, of God's Word, of, of the Bible. Today, people, uh, you know, uh, someone made a joke once and said, uh, there's a feller, he, he, he probably doesn't even know John 3.16. Now, that's probably not the right thing to say, but, but we need to be people that know the book. One of the ways that we can know the book is by having the book taught to us as, uh, as children. We can't help that, but our parents can have a big, a big impact on that. I know in our family, we, we memorize one verse of the Bible together every week. And it really helps our children in their development spiritually so that someday uh, they hopefully will become Christians. But people of the book need to know the book. Jesus said it best in John 8 and in verse 32 where he talked about the importance of truth and how truth can deliver us and make us uh, can make us to understand what we need to know concerning God's Word. John 8, verse 32. Uh, the Bible says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So many people today in uh, what I might call party churches 
Uh, church is where, you know, you, you, you go to have fun and, and you go to have a party and then you leave and you don't know why you came except you came to have a party. The, the problem is that so many people today don't get God's Word where they go. They're deprived of God's Word. Uh, the Bible tells us that, uh, that, that we need to deliver God's Word, to not hold back, to preach the whole counsel of God. And so the, the answer to, to knowing uh, the Word, to knowing the truth, is to be in Christ, is to know Christ. We can't know Christ if we don't teach it in the congregation, if we don't uh, teach it in our homes, if we don't teach it in our Bible classes. The, the key to understanding and knowing Christ is to know the Gospels, to know the truth. And the truth, of course, is the Gospel or God's Word. It is only the truth that will make us free, making us free from sin and for salvation. Now, Jesus' disciples uh, had the spiritual knowledge because of God's Word. They understood that, that there was nothing that they could substitute uh, for God's Word. They couldn't substitute uh, uh, food, fun, and frolic. Uh, simply, God's Word was the only thing that would do. And in John chapter 17, and verse 3, the Bible says, and this is eternal life, that they may know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. Doesn't that sum it up quite well? This is eternal life, knowing the Father and knowing the Son. Because if we know the members of the Godhead, we're going to know the truth. If we don't know God, then we're not going to have that spiritual knowledge that shows that we know the truth. Jesus' disciples also have spiritual liberty. Another key uh, to understanding God's Word is this spiritual liberty found in Romans chapter 6 and in verse 18. When we become a Christian, we're washed uh, in, in the blood of the Lamb. We're baptized into Christ where we contact the blood uh and, and it's at that point that we are washed of our sins. But it is our job to continue on uh, in that process uh, that leads to eternal life. In Romans 6, verse 18, it says, Having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So when you were freed from sin, you became a slave to righteousness. It sounds like you've gone from being a slave to yourself to being a slave of God. And that's so true is that everybody's a slave of something. Wouldn't you rather be enslaved to the one that will give you life instead of enslaved to the one that will give you misery? And so we learn, first of all, that there's no substitute for knowledge. We can't substitute it for any activity, uh, for any tradition, uh, for any denomination. Uh, we can't substitute it. We have to know the book. We have to put in the time. Uh, preachers uh, oftentimes will put in hours before they deliver a lesson. Bible class teachers will do the same. And, and so all Christians need to be studying the Bible and understanding what it says. Uh, if you have a question about God's Word, go home and study it out so that you can know it better. There's no excuse for ignorance, the Bible tells us, in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Do you want to know the scariest verse in all the Bible? To me, it's Hosea 4, 6. Hosea 4, 6 tells us uh, something very, very... <laughs> all right, let me go back here. Hosea 4, 6 tells us that the people uh, that don't have knowledge, they are destroyed from the inside out. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. This verse teaches us there's no excuse for ignorance. The Bible says right here that God's people become destroyed but because they don't put in the effort to learn God's Word. So many people today uh, skip out on Bible class. Uh, they'll come to worship, uh, but they don't come to Bible class. 
or they won't come to worship very often. They'll skip a lot of times. Listen, you're only doing yourself harm. You're only doing yourself harm when you do that. The idea that that we would skip out on that is is equivalent to skipping a meal. God's word is like a meal, and when we don't when we don't take the time to learn it together, or if we don't take the time to learn it uh, in private, if we don't do that, we are literally starving ourselves uh, of God's word. We are literally cutting off the life bread uh, that God gives us, and so. This verse shows the degradation that happens to people when they despise God's Word, when they despise instruction, they are finally rejected from being a person of God. God no longer wants them because Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. We have to understand that. We can't be gravitating toward other things. And this is just the problem that's explained throughout the Old Testament. If you go back to Second Chronicles chapter 30 and in verse 10, we see that many reject the Scriptures. This has been a problem that's been going on uh, since the beginning of time. Many people today will laugh and scorn at God's Word. Uh, there's an illustration here in Second Chronicles chapter 30 regarding the Passover and the royal proclamation to observe the Passover uh, back in about 715 B.C. where Hezekiah proclaimed a formal Passover uh, on the second month uh, for Judah and Israel. And then later on we see in verse 10 the reaction of the people Here's what they said. Here's what they did. So the couriers, this is uh, chapter 30, verse 10. So the couriers passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Listen, Hezekiah gave a speech, came from God, said, observe the Passover, God commanded you, and the people laughed and mocked him. And, and, And what we see here is that an attitude, a general attitude in our culture toward rejecting the Scriptures Let's not have that attitude in the Lord's church where we say, I don't need to read the Bible and I don't need to listen to the Bible because I already know enough or, you know, I don't need to know that stuff. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a good enough person already. Listen, we can never be good enough, first of all, to, to be, to be a Christian, to be saved. Second of all, uh, if we have the attitude, uh, toward God that we can't learn anything new, uh, it's kind of like, a, it, it's a very fatal, uh, flaw in our character. We need to have the attitude of humility that we'll receive God's Word in His teaching. And uh, there's always something new we can learn. Uh, we, there's always something, there's a different angle, there's always something that, that, can be, uh, that can be revealed so that we can learn something and grow as a Christian. Uh, another thing is many people forget the Scriptures. Uh, you know, it's, it's the comment I made to a, a brother tonight. I said, well, uh, you know, I... I uh, you told me your name, and I guarantee I'll remember it for half an hour, and I forgot it in ten minutes, and I apologize so much. But the thing is, is that, uh, is that I'm guaranteed to remember my name tonight, okay? And as long as I can remember my name tonight, I can probably get home. But the point of that is that so many people forget the Scriptures. They learn the Scriptures, and then they stop working. You see, the thing is, is people, they don't put in effort. When you... You get out of what you get out of something what you put into it. It's just like when you work a job, folks. When you work a job, if you slack off, if you don't give it your best, you're going to put out a mediocre product. You're not going to give someone a good customer service experience. Okay, okay. So if you're at school, you're going to get like C's. Okay, that's okay, but you're probably not going to get in the college you want to. Okay. So when you don't study your Bible and read it every day, you're going to start failing to remember these scriptures. And the Bible says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not what? 
sin against thee. And so when we forget God's Word, we start to sin against God. And there begins the snowball effect that we read in Romans chapter 1, right? Let's not do that. So the Bible says here, uh, the idea is, is that many forget the Scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9. Only give heed to yourself and keep yourself diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. The covenant was to be observed. These are basic exhortations to God's people. He, they were told uh, to, to, to appeal. They were told to remember their experience. And obedience was demanded of God's people in these verses. They crossed the Red Sea by God's power. They were fed in the wilderness and they survived. They escaped Pharaoh's clutches. They escaped death. Do you think that they thought that they did it on their own? If they remembered, if they remembered God's word, they remembered that God was the one that delivered them. So many reject and so many forget the scriptures. And that's just the thing. If we forget them, we're doomed to repeat the same sins that we did before. There's no reason for laziness. In Psalm, in Psalm 25, the Bible tells us this. So many today just lack the motivation to do what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't take the time to read a chapter a day. They don't take the time to attend a class. They don't take the time to put in the effort. Psalm 24 says, Make me know thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. For thee I wait all day long. In this verse we see, uh, some, several ideas. Instead of being uh, guided to learn, many people become lazy. In Psalm 27 and verse 11, uh, people just uh, reject uh, this guidance. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the level path because of my foes. Here the attitude was uh, that David had in Psalm 27 was, I want to, I want to know your word. See, they, I want to seek what you want me to do. I want to have that idea that I want to learn God's word. I'm coming to learn something. Well, so many times we see that people uh, are misguided and uh, they're lazy and they don't put in the effort. A lot of times uh, we, we see this so often uh, in congregations around the land. Verse 14 says that we need to be patient to learn. Wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Here we might take the idea that there's patience involved. Sometimes we uh, Sometimes we have to... We have to be patient with the Lord and with His people. And we have to learn with them. Sometimes we might be at a level uh, where we, 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 we're not quite there yet. In other words, we don't know the Word of God well enough to teach, but we want to. And sometimes we can teach, but there's no spot for us. There's no uh, opening for us to teach. So the Bible tells us here to wait for the Lord and be patient and have courage and wait on God. Do what God's Word says, not jumping ahead. And so, the people of the book, first of all, know the book. Secondly, they live the book. Before I can live the book, before I can live God's Word, I need to know the book. So these all kind of build on each other. So, in the idea of living the book, we have to understand what we must do. What must Christians do? Well, God's Word teaches this in Matthew chapter 7. There are certain things that we must do. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What is the will of the Father in heaven? 
The will of the Father in heaven is to do the Son. Do what the Son says. To obey the commands of Christ. To be saved. To obey the Gospel. To believe in Jesus Christ and then be faithful to Him. So believe, obey Christ, be faithful. That is the will of God. Yet so many people today are disobedient. We see what we must do. We must do God's will. The Bible tells us, blessed are those who do God's will. And also we see that there's the application of disobedience in verse 24. There's wisdom in acting upon God's will. So many today don't. They, they read the Bible. Maybe they hear about what God's word says, then they don't do it. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, they may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and burst against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and burst against that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. Here we see that there's the person that doesn't do the will of God. He's compared to someone who builds a house on sand. And what happens is inevitably you get a strong, you get a heavy rain, you get some wind, and the house is knocked off its foundation and it becomes uh, destroyed. Well, in the same way, when we don't do God's will, when we know it, we become destroyed from the inside out. And so here we see the importance of living the book. Well, there's not only there's things that we must do, but there's also things that a Christian must say. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul started uh, gave guidance concerning the Christian life. He said there's a certain way that we must uh, talk. There's a certain kind of attitude that we must have. He says, be imitators of me just as also I am of Christ. And so as Paul was a good example, his example, of course, was Christ. And so as we imitate uh, possibly Bible class teachers we look up to, or elders, or uh, or deacons, or or gospel preachers, or people that we know that we look up to, possibly a, a godly parent or grandparent. When we look up to them, we're simply following the example of Christ. That's how we live the book. Now, Paul talked about it, he expanded about it, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, and in verse 17 he talked about uh, his example. He talked about the importance, first of all, of being the example you want to follow. In, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. I have a radio, a Bible radio program that I conduct uh, every week in Tompkinsville, Kentucky. Uh, if you drive just a few miles over in Monticello, you're about to be able to hear it on a Friday morning. Uh, it's on 101.5 and uh, 102.7, Friday morning at 710. Uh, but the... the the theme of the Bible pattern radio program is the standard of God's Word, the pattern uh, that we must follow in order to please God. And here the Bible tells us, he's, the Bible says, uh, Paul says, uh, observe the pattern uh, that's been given you uh, and walk according to the pattern that is there that you have in us. Paul said uh, later on, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we see the importance of of understanding that we can follow our leaders to a point. But when our leaders, uh, if, if they stray from God's word, we need to follow God. In Matthew chapter 16, we see the importance of following a good example. Always follow a good example. Matthew 16, verse 24. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus is commanding people, if they want to follow 
they want to follow him, they've got to give up everything in their lives and follow him. They've got to submit to God. They've got to honor God with their lives. They've got to give God their all. He said it again later. He said it in a different way. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. He said, give God your all there too. And so if we want to follow Jesus Christ, we've got to follow him with all, with, with our whole being. Follow a good example. People of the book know the book and they live the book, but they also teach the book. Now, you can't teach the book if you don't live the book out in your life, in your actions and speech. You can't teach the, you can't live the book unless you know the book. Unless you're, uh, ap- applying the gospel to your life. Unless you are, uh, not ignoring scripture if you are in, uh, studying the scripture. And so this last point is like a building block. It's like on top of a pyramid. Do we teach the book? And of course, you know, I've had people, I've, I've had people uh, come visit with us at Lion Chapel and other places and they'll ask me and they'll say, uh, uh, is this a congregation that teaches God's word? Do you teach the Bible? Do you, uh, some people might ask, are you sound? The idea is, is that if we're not teaching the book, we're wasting our time. Because the only foundation, the Bible says, the only foundation that we can build upon is the rock. That's Jesus Christ. That's his word. And so people of God's word, people of the book teach the book. First of all, they communicate with the Word. Acts chapter 5 and in verse 20. You'd be surprised how many churches uh, have toned down their rhetoric over the years and have, have made less demands on preachers and have made less demands on their people in order to keep up crowd, to keep up numbers. You'd be surprised how little Scripture is dispensed on a daily basis in the average so-called church in the United States. It is pitiful in a lot of places. I've been to some of these places before, unfortunately. But Acts chapter 5, verse 20 is an example of what, of what God's word, what, what God expected of his apostles, uh, regarding the dispensing of the gospel during the uh, Christian age, d- during the first century. Go your way, stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life. Now you think about, it, they're going into a hostile area, uh, where these are Jews. Yes, they do, re- it's, they do embrace the Old Testament, but these people, uh, by and large, have rejected Jesus Christ. Uh, they're still Jews. They're still practicing Jews. They have not embraced Christ. The first church was established a few chapters ago, if we read in our Bibles. And so we see an outline what the apostles were to do and what also all Christians are to do. Go your way. That is, go where the people are. Go where they are and speak to them. Then he says, stand. Have a backbone. I know I've met several people whom, whom I, I, I'm a little bit, sometimes when I meet somebody, I feel a little bit, um, concerned. Is that sometimes, uh, a preacher or one of God's people doesn't really stand up for what God's word says. It's like jellyfish. We need to have a backbone. We need to stand for what we believe. We need to, Take a stand for what Jesus died on the cross for. We need to be proud of what Jesus did. And we need to be proud of God's word. And so we need to proclaim it to people. Then he says, speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. He didn't say leave out the hard stuff. He didn't say leave out the controversial stuff. He said speak the whole message of this life to the people. Because the people need the whole message. They need the message about sin. 
They need the message about laziness. They need the message about faithfulness. They need the message about salvation. They need the message about Jesus Christ. They need those messages. They need it on a, on a, on a regular basis. Don't hold back. You ever get the chance to uh, deliver a lesson in a pulpit such as this or teach a Bible class? Preach, uh, teach the Word of God like it's your last time. That's what I tell people. I say, uh, you know, some people, why do you put so much work in your sermons? Because this may be the last sermon I ever preach. And I, I don't want to be remembered as someone who held back. We need to be like that. We also uh, need to correct with the Word. Titus chapter 2, verse 15. Correct with the Word. That is, speak with authority. Sometimes we need to correct somebody who's in the wrong. The Bible says, These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Paul was speaking to a young preacher named Titus. He was a young guy. Okay, No doubt the rest of the congregation was older than him. So they had this tendency maybe looking down on a young guy. Like a Timothy, like a Titus. But Paul said, let no one disregard you because you're younger, because you're less experienced. He was saying to correct with the word when someone is involved in sin. Exhort, reprove, speak with commands. In other words, if you've got God's word, that's enough authority. You don't need uh, anything else. You need to warn and rebuke sin with courage. Well, I'm going to close with uh, a scripture tonight that will help us Wrap this up. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10 is a fitting way to conclude a lesson such as this. You know, people in in the last several years, I've noticed, have become lax in applying the things that they learn. Sometimes they know the Bible, but they simply don't have the motivation to follow through. We need to be the people that we want to see. People of the book know the book, live the book, and teach the book. And it's shown here in Ezra chapter 7 and in verse 10. You know, here we see that Ezra journeys from Babylon to Jerusalem about 450 B.C. And in the waning years of the Old Testament, the Bible says that Ezra had set his heart to study the law of God and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Ezra... Uh, determined in his heart that he was going to do what was right, that he was going to do three things with God's Word. Know the book, live the book, and teach the book. He's a good example for us, don't you think? You know, in past generations, members of the Church of Christ were viewed as walking Bibles. I hope tonight that we can endeavor to rekindle our passion for the book. To hold up the book as a standard that God's revealed will is good enough for me. That I don't need to hold up another book and say, well, this book is just as good as that one. Or I'm going to use that book instead of this one. Or I'm going to follow somebody else's tradition instead of this one. Or I'm going to be a part of some party congregation that doesn't really study God's word, just has a bunch of food and fun and frolic. No, I don't want to be a person like that. I want to be a person that's known as someone who respects and honors God's law. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, O Lord. Do we long for God's word? And so tonight, are you a person of the book?
Maybe tonight you struggled in some area of your life. Maybe you haven't given God your all. Maybe you haven't been devoted to Him. You haven't spent enough time in His Word. You haven't maybe been lax in your attendance of the services. What you get, you get out of it what you put in. If you study the Word of God, you'll grow as a Christian. You'll grow exponentially. But if you struggle in that area and you need help, you need prayers, you need uh, some support in some way, or if you've not become a Christian tonight, it's very important that you do so before it's too late. We never know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man will come. And so it's very simple to believe in Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, to repent of your sins, to confess Him before others, and to be baptized into Christ for the remission of sins. Being faithful till death. In Revelation 2.10, rounds out the commands of God in order to be saved, in order to be on your way to heaven. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians 2.10. If you've not done those things tonight, uh, so far, and you'd like to do them right now, let us know and we'll help you as together we stand and sing.